until that day there is no continent which will know peace children children fight we find it necessary we know we will win we have confidence in the victory of good over evil fight the real enemy ladies and gentlemen we interrupt this podcast to bring you some incredible news we are under attack Never before has this reporter seen such devastation, such destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, I fear the time has come for Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules! So grab a can of fermented weed and listen up. It may just save your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. Uh, I'm your host, Douglas Arthur. Um, I was actually in the middle of producing a uh, another episode, uh, kind of to re-debut the podcast. I know it's been, um, boy, about seven, almost eight months now uh, since the last show uh, in December. Um, you know, there's a good reason for that, which I'll get into at another time. But um, today, uh, I was really um, shocked and and taken aback to hear the news of uh, Sinead O'Connor's passing. Um, I know that seems maybe kind of out of character for me because uh, most of what I talk about on this show is uh, other music that seems kind of diametrically opposed to uh, Sinead's work. Um, um, you know, stuff like Devo and King Crimson and, and so on. Um, but her her music touched me at a time when uh, I was really, you know, struggling emotionally. Um, you know, her first album came out in 1987, The Lion and the Cobra. And uh, I just remember um, listening to that album over and over and over again um, after my roommate Brian introduced it to me. Uh, Brian was always kind of on the, the cutting edge of of music he listened to a lot of stuff that i'd never heard before um or didn't listen to a lot of um, and, and he introduced me to a lot of music and um Sinead o'connor was was one of those and i i was i was hooked i i loved her voice um and she was just so uh so beautiful um but she she even from the beginning kind of um eschewed uh, traditional norms i mean she was you know uh, <laughs> she she didn't dress like other rock stars other female rock stars she had a shaved head she had work work boots um you know tank top i mean she just she was not uh trying to dress for fashion or or to to really you know uh, titillate people uh like you know say madonna for example um 
and and she wrote her own songs. She played, you know, guitar. She uh, she was very talented, and her voice was um, really like an angel in many ways. It 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 um, it really touched me. Uh, you know, at that time I was uh, just starting my junior year uh, in college, and uh, um, just. I was going through a lot of a lot of things um, at that time in my life, and uh, you know her songs were very uh, emotional and contemplative and uh, forceful and uh, angry, even. Um, and uh, she just really, it really resonated with me. Um, and so um, I just wanted to take a few minutes to to talk about um you know what her music meant to me um so you know most people know her uh for you know nothing compares to you the the, the prince cover that she did on her second album her follow-up album uh i do not want what i haven't got uh which came out in 1990 um but she was really so much more than that and um you know, the unfortunate thing is that, um, well, not really unfortunate, but um, as far as her career goes, uh, you know, in 1992, she, she was always very outspoken on social issues, um, racism and, and, you know, misogyny and, and, and so on. And um, in 1992, she appeared on Saturday Night Live and um, at the end of uh, covering a, a Bob Marley song called War, um, she um, uh, presented a, a picture of uh, the Pope and tore it up and said, you know, fight the real enemy. And, you know, at the time, you know, there were always suspicions about um, what was going on with the, the Catholic Church. Um, but she was trying to raise awareness at a time when people were still sweeping the sexual abuse uh, under the rug. Um, and and it really, in, in a way, cost her her career because it never really recovered. Um, she famously was uh, booed off, uh, you know, um, uh, at Bob Dylan's birthday party, uh, I think the following year or later in the same year, I, I forget exactly the time frame, but, um, and, uh, her record sales plummeted and, uh, just, she just never recovered, uh, from that. Um, but she stayed strong and, and true, uh, to her convictions and I always respected her for for that. Um, so, um, you know, uh, it it uh, it really uh, was unfortunate because she had so many great songs, and um, you know, one of my favorites, um, which um, you know didn't didn't get a, as much play as uh you know some of the the bigger hits um uh was a song called i i'm stretched on your grave which was you know from that i do not want what i haven't got album um and it was 
at a time when a lot of rock musicians were, you know, still kind of uh, wary of of hip hop, but she used uh, hip hop, simple hip hop beat, and then added in, uh, you know, her voice and then traditional Irish instruments, and so you know, made it work, and it was it, it was really. Uh, quite a quite an amazing song uh, that you know I don't think got as much play as uh, some of the other songs on that album. of great uh great hits on it too as uh, you know she she kind of came up she was very young 19 20 years old um she would have been 20 in 1987 because um, uh, she and i were the same age which you know was i think another reason why you know her music uh, resonated with me um we were kind of developing around <laughs> around the same time although you know, she was uh, in a much different um, situation over in Ireland than I was here in, here in the States. Um, one of my favorite songs from that album was a song called Mandinka, which uh, I really enjoyed. want to talk about a couple of songs that really hit for me um, that came out after the controversy um, uh, she had a, a an album in 1994 called Universal Mother which uh, was kind of an uneven album uh, wasn't as well received obviously sales had dropped way off with her I think ultimately um, you know, she was dropped by the label. Um, uh, but 
that album has one of her most powerful songs, I think, uh, and it's called Fire on Babylon, which is just kind of this uh, slow simmer um, of a song that explodes into passion and and uh, emotion, uh, and it just really... Um, is uh, is what I think one of her best songs in my opinion
and um, and then on a quieter side um, she had a song that came out in 1997 on uh, the, her Oak Gospel uh, EP called uh, This Is To Mother You. And in 1997, I was, um, uh, I was going through uh, a divorce. Um, uh, it was a very hard year for me. And uh, I, I was in a city that I had no family. Um, and partly because of the divorce, I... Um, I didn't have a lot of friends, uh, to kind of stick up, stick up for me. Um, and, uh, you know, all of the friends that I had had, uh, for the most part were friends of my exes before we got married. So, um, I was, uh, very lonely. Um, I was working two jobs and, um, I, I just was really down and, um, this song, um, really spoke to me at the time and, uh, really lifted, lifted my, my spirits. Um, and it's called, this is to mother you. And it's, it's a, it's a really beautiful song and has a, a really nice, uh, message to it um, and it really spoke to me on a, on a very personal level Take from you when I 
I'm really uh, going to miss her uh, music. Um, she is apparently working on a new album um, with um, uh, Bear McCreary, uh, the, the film composer, a TV composer. Um, and they were working on new songs uh, for an album that was supposed to come out next year. Um, so it obviously won't be finished. Um, at the time I'm recording this, there's no um, indication of the cause of death. Uh, I know she's been struggling with uh, mental issues for years. She was diagnosed um, with bipolar disorder. Um, in the early 2000s, uh, although it was clear before that that she had some issues. Um, so she was, uh, she struggled and, um, you know, but she kept fighting uh, and she had just announced tour plans and, uh, and the new album on social media just a couple of weeks ago. So um, I just hope for the best from her family for her family and uh, um, and uh, I want to leave leave you with um, a song I didn't even know existed until today um, so that concert for Bob Dylan back in 1992 or 93 where she was booed mercilessly by the crowd at Madison Square Garden um, the person who introduced her on stage was, uh, Chris Christofferson. And as she stood there getting booed and waiting for the crowd to stop so she could sing her song and it just kept going on and on, um, Chris Christofferson came back out. He had been told by the show promoters that he needed to get her off stage, but instead he leaned into her, gave her a hug, and said, don't let the bastards get you down. And then uh, she was eventually able to perform uh, defiantly in front of the, uh, the maddening crowd. And um, years later, uh, in 2009, uh, he wrote a song um, called Sister Sinead, and it's a beautiful tribute, um, and I think it's a good way to kind of end this little, little show. We're going to miss her voice, uh, just, uh, just an incredible voice, and um, taken from us much too young, obviously, and her career was shortened by small-minded people. I'm singing this song for my sister Sinead Concerning the god-awful mess that she made When she told him her truth just as hard as she could Her message profoundly was misunderstood Trusted with guarding our gold And humans in charge of the saving of souls And humans responded all over the world 
condemning that bald-headed brave little girl and maybe she's crazy and maybe she ain't but so was picasso and so were the saints and she's never been partial to shackles or chains she's too old for breaking and too young to tame It's asking for trouble to stick out your neck In terms of a target or big silhouette But some candles flicker and some candles fade And some burn as true as my sister Sinead And maybe she's crazy and maybe she ain't But so was Picasso and so were the saints And she's never been partial to shackles or chains She's too old for breaking and too young to tame listening to this episode of Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. It's uh, copyright 2023 by Douglas Arthur. Um, All the music is um, copyright its respective uh, copyright holders uh, and used under the doctrine of fair use um, for review purposes. Um, And uh, we'll see you next time. Well, I've got a bunch of shows lined up um, on some happier topics and um, you know until then uh, spin out some uh, Sinead O'Connor tunes um, and explore some of the songs that you don't know she put out quite a bit of material after um, 1992 when she seemingly disappeared uh, from public consciousness uh, as I've illustrated. Um, So, rest in peace, uh, Sinead O'Connor, 1966 to 2023. Issue number three, the bald chick. What's with her head? Let's start with a chick. What gives, cue ball? I'm looking at you, I'm thinking, 14 in the side pocket. I can't believe you're talking about my hair with all the bloody starvation and the suffering in the world right now. Come on, swing, baby, you platinum. Billy Idol. You all think she's really quite attractive, actually. Check his papers. Luther Campbell. You watch it, mate. Easy, baby. And what's with that sneering crap? Don't do that to the people. They want to like you. That's what killed Dennis Day. Contempt for the audience. All right, what about the chick's head, Luther? Well, be honest, man, I don't care about the head. I I like the butt. I hear you, baby, loud and clear. Forget the head. Put a bag over it and do your business. (laughs) Well, am I right, Stephen Eady? You bet, Frank. You know it, Chairman. You were a little slow that time. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Frank. Sorry, Forget it. You're all right. You can pick up a check once in a while. Hey, that's not fair. Shut up.